and welcome to Crossview Radio, a weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Let's review where we've been. We're in the middle of a four-part series on the nature of what of the gospel, and there are really three kind of important things that we've seen in the previous episodes. And the first one is this, everyone has sinned against God. Second one is this, God does not overlook his justice. Number three is, therefore, all humanity is under God's wrath. So because we've all sinned, and because God does not overlook his justice, all of us universally, without exception, are under the wrath of God. And so last time, what we did was we said, if there is going to be a way for us to avoid God's wrath, it is going to need to involve God maintaining rather than overlooking his justice. In other words, God cannot and does not just arbitrarily forgive people. And nevertheless, one of the most commonly proposed ways to escape God's wrath and experience eternity in heaven is to earn favor from God by performing good deeds. Is this enough? Is this adequate? Do good works play a part in my salvation, whether in part or in whole? In Luke 18, Jesus gives us a parable about two different kinds of people. The first person is a Pharisee. Uh, religious leader of the day, one who is obsessive over his own morality and adherence to God's law. And in the parable, this man lists out his moral credentials. He fasts, he gives tithes, he is just, he doesn't commit adultery, he doesn't commit extortion. And then we contrast this in the story with the second man who is a tax collector and he's known to be a sinner. And that day, a tax collector takes advantage of the people. He engages in extortion. Tax collectors were rich, and they were hated. And in this passage, there is an unexpected twist. The tax collector cries out for mercy. And Jesus says that this tax collector, rather than the Pharisee, is the one who's justified. Why the twist? Because the tax collector throws himself upon God's free grace the Pharisee doesn't. The Pharisee believes he can earn God's favor, and ironically, he's the one who walks away condemned by God. Why? Why does the one who works get nothing, and the one who doesn't work gets God's pardon? I want to give us 10 reasons why that's the case. We could ask the question this way, why don't good works work? 10 reasons why they don't work. Number one, sin separates us from God so that he cannot hear us. Isaiah 59, 2, your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so he does not hear. Sins separate us from God. Number two, it's a curse to trust in man which also includes yourself. Jeremiah 17, 5, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Number three, the law is unified, and to break one point of it is to be guilty of all of it. James chapter 2, verse 10, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Number four, we don't really have any good works. 
Isaiah 64, 6. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Uh, This is such a fascinating verse because you would think that the scripture would say all of our bad deeds are like a polluted garment, but actually he says all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. In other words, apart from Christ... We actually don't have anything that is good because everything that we do is tainted by our own sins. So, so we don't even have good works to begin with. Number five, we are spiritually dead and therefore we don't seek God on our own. Romans 3.11, no one understands, no one seeks for God. Ephesians 2, verse 1, you were dead in trespasses and sins. So spiritually we are dead. Number six, because it puts God in our debt and gives us grounds for boasting. If my salvation is attainable, then I could boast in myself. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works. Why? So that no one may boast. God is at work in salvation cutting off human boasting. Isaiah 2.11, the haughty looks of man shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. What is that verse telling us? God is at work humbling man, exalting his own name. And so if my salvation is attainable and I could earn it, then it removes uh, my my uh, boasting in God, and it gives me a ground to boast in myself. Isaiah 42, 8, same thing. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other. God does not share his glory with anyone. God is at work humbling mankind, not providing them with opportunities to boast. Number seven, because it nullifies God, God's grace and distorts the atonement. Good works nullify God's grace and distorts the atonement. Galatians 2.21 I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. If righteousness were attainable through the law, then Jesus didn't die for any reason. Number eight, because it is a theological impossibility. And there are numerous verses that describe this. Romans 3.20 for by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Romans 8, 3. Uh, for God has done what the law weakened by flesh could not do. Galatians 2, 16. We know that a person is not justified by works of the law. Theologically, the Bible tells us this is impossible. Number nine, it minimizes God's holiness and my sinfulness. See, God's holiness, if I can earn my salvation, and this is in part or in whole, if, if there's, if there's um, even a, a small fraction of my salvation that I can earn and attain, then God's holiness becomes a standard that is now attainable. Isaiah 6, 5 Isaiah says, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. When Isaiah, the man of God, saw who God was, he recognized the gravity of his own sinfulness. And so when I see who God is, like Isaiah did, then what that does is it helps me to put my view of God and my view of myself in perspective. And when those two things are in perspective, I realize that God's holiness is far greater than I ever imagined it was. And my sinfulness is also far greater than I ever imagined it was. But this 
view of God and this view of self becomes corrupted when I think I can earn and attain God's holiness. Number 10, this is the last one. Why don't good works work? Because of what the theme, the theme that we've been bringing in this all along, it involves God overlooking rather than maintaining his justice. Nahum 1.3, the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. Exodus 23, verse 7, I will not quit the wicked. And what God is saying is, I am so serious about my justice that I will never, ever, ever do anything to overlook that justice. If I can attain myself, if, my, if I could do good works and earn my salvation, then what that would do is it would have to involve God overlooking my sinfulness. It would have to involve God overlooking his justice. This is where we started. And this has brought us all the way back to our closing statement last time and our opening statement this time. If there is a way for us to avoid God's wrath, it's going to need to involve God maintaining rather than overlooking his justice. Don't miss that point. It is a key to the entire equation. If you put all of the religions of the world on one side and biblical Christianity on the other side, the one difference between them that would stand out is that all of the religions of the world tell you how you can work your way up to God by doing good deeds. Christianity, on the other hand, tells the story of how God came down to mankind and rescues them in spite of their failed efforts to perform good deeds. Solomon rhetorically asks us in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9, Who can say, I've made my heart pure, I am clean from my sin? And the answer to this rhetorical question is nobody. One of the interesting things that I know I've observed when I talk to people, and we're, we're talking here uh, about this doctrine of faith alone. When I talk to people about faith alone, somehow, after the words leave my mouth, after I say, we are saved by faith alone, somehow, by the time it goes from my mouth to their ears, they hear faith plus works. I believe one of the reasons why this is the case is because our hearts, in our hearts, we really, truly hate God's free grace because it takes away our ability to boast. Our hearts run parallel to the scribes in Mark chapter 2, verse 16. It is a willful ignorance. We despise God's grace. And so whenever I say faith alone, all of a sudden it turns into, well, yeah, it's faith, but we got to work a little bit. I mean, we got to contribute something to it. I mean, we can't just, you know, uh, as, as uh, is, is said in, in Roman Catholicism, we have to cooperate with God's grace. You know, we got to do something here to add to our own salvation because obviously the atonement is not enough. What Jesus did is not enough. That somehow, when I say faith alone, it translates into faith plus works when people hear that. We hate the fact that God gives his grace to those who don't deserve it. We do not want others to receive what they don't deserve. And it is because justice has been hardwired into us. But the peculiar thing about it is that we want justice for everyone except ourselves. 
if there is a hope for salvation, it's going to have to exclude good works as part of the equation. Whether in part or in whole, good works do not contribute to my salvation. And so we need something more. I want us to look at four things that we've seen in this series so far. Number one, everyone has sinned against God. Number two, God does not overlook his justice. Number three, what's the conclusion to this? Therefore, all humanity is under God's wrath. And then number four, good deeds in part or in whole will never deflect God's wrath. If this is true, if this is true, then this places all of humanity in immeasurable danger. If it is true, then our greatest need is not you know, our relationships or our health or our grades or anything else. Our greatest need, if this is true, is getting right with God. Nothing else matters. We need a way to be saved, which includes God maintaining rather than overlooking his justice. And we're going to explore the provision that has been made to accomplish just that next week. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.